You're about to listen to our interview with Joshua Williamson. We talk a lot of Flash, a lot of the future of comics, Batman, Superman, Josh's writing habits, and so much more. Can't wait for you to listen. So yeah, if you guys want to skip ahead to any sort of conversations we have with Williamson, please look at the timestamps below. Thanks for listening. Hello there. I'm Flash, but you could call me JD. And a whole in combo, Hunter, also known as just Hunter. And this is a hero story, episode number 100, a very special episode because we're with a very special guest returning to the podcast, Flash writer, Batman Superman writer, you know him, you love him, Joshua Williamson. Josh, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, and, and we've been looking forward to talking to you, and I just want to thank you again for coming on such uh, short notice, actually. Um, we it, The way we posted it, it, it seems like it's been planned for so long, but actually just a few days ago, I messaged Josh like in a panic, like, oh my god, our, our 100th episode's coming up, and we have nothing planned, and we've been promising something special, is there any way you could do it? And Josh, being the great guy he is, is like, yeah, sure. So uh, here we are, now recording, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it was really a pleasure to have you back on the show. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it was funny when you messaged me. I, as I told you then, I was like, I had planned on reaching out to you after the last issue. After, I'm gonna call it 101 because I always forget the legacy numbers. So yeah, yeah if, that's fair. I'm just gonna call these things. I have to think about it. I have on my wall. I can look up and stuff. But to me, they're always gonna be <laughs> the original numbers. But yeah, after the last issue of my run, after when 101 comes out, I was gonna message you and see if you wanted to chat and stuff. But uh, we'll probably still do that. But yeah, we can totally yeah. talk now. Sorry. Well, uh, well, I was going to save that for the end of the episode, but uh, you are obviously welcome back whenever, and uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, of course. we're very happy to have you on when, with whatever you're writing next. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so so we're talking about the end of your Flash run, uh, just your Flash run in general. I mean, wow, uh, we, we were talking about this earlier, and I made a post about this maybe like two or three weeks ago, and I was shocked. Somebody said to me, you know, Williamson has the longest Flash run of all time by issue. And I was like, no way. So then I did the math. I went from 1987. I, I did modern. I went from 1987 on and I counted. And I was like, holy crap. He has the most issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought no way. And then when I did the chart, I was like, oh, my God, he's on top. That's crazy. Yeah, I have the most consecutive um, for sure. Carrie uh, Bates clearly has the most like by far. Yeah. And also in terms of years, you know, like if you think of the Flash – pre-crisis i mean that's so much of that as carrie bates jeff has i think it's like 62 issues well just interesting because if you think about and this is the same with mark if you start putting all the other issues onto it you know of like jeff when he did his initial run and then he came back and did like a mini series you know he did the the um the brightest or i'm sorry the blackest night like yep. free water and stuff yeah. like that and you get to like Flash Rebirth, and then you get to like I always call it Brightest Day Flash, but it's like 2010 Flash. It, it's it's Brightest Day Flash, right? It's Brightest Day Flash, yeah. So you get to that, you, and you start like put all stuff together, and then if you even count something like um, Flashpoint on there, like he's close to 100 or like right on. 100. Well, well, so so I did the math and I made a chart on my Instagram, and uh, I counted everyone's from 1987 on. I counted all the special issues, all the you know Flashpoint, Brightest Annuals. Day, Black Knight. And uh, you had 104, actually 105, because I missed Flash Annual 3. I didn't even realize it was coming out until I saw it in the shop. So you had 105, Wade had 98, and Jeff had 89, which I was like, wow, that, that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, part of it is I had the double ship, too, though. I think the double ship. Well, and, and, and that's what threw me off, because, you know, you've only been on the book for four years. You know, guys like Wade and Jeff, they were on it for what felt like so long. So I was like, there's no way. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Like, Flash history, we got to read it issue by issue. Yeah, yeah. I think it's crazy how those guys, like Mark Wade, particularly. It does feel like he was on the book longer than that. 
but I guess because there's a year gap with, uh, with Grant and Mark Millar, and, yep. and then, you know, he would occasionally have, like, one-off here and there. But I feel like Mark was on there, like, all of the 90s. Oh, and, this, and that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, and this is no nothing to anybody else, but it's like, I feel like the 90s is, is Mark, the 2000s is Jeff, and then you get to, like, New 52 and all that stuff, and then, yeah, you get to me in the four years that I was on it, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's bonkers when you think about some of this stuff. I think they've been out longer. But what I was saying to you before we started recording um, was, uh, yeah, I gave issue 96, which is, hold on, 96 is issue 757. <laughs> oh, that came out on Wednesday. So that's what this week, right? And then so 769, no, 759, 759. So 759 was the one that I gave to uh, James Tynes a day to read, and he read it, and he was like, you know, he said that he got to the ending, he smiled, and he was like, yeah, people are going to be cheering with this one. I think Ooh. when they get to... That's the, that's the part one of finish line. Because the way right. it is, is we have two parts. The two parts first, 76 and... Or, sorry, 96 and 97 are Legion of Zoom. And then 98 through 101 is finish line. But then you also have Speed Metal. And Speed Metal comes out the same day as Flash 101 or 762. They uh, come out on the exact same day. And you have to read... You have to read 762, the Flash 101, before you read Speed Metal because they immediately go into each other. Good that, that's good to know because I would probably read Speed Metal first because I'd be too excited. No, no, no. you got to read it the other way around. I mean, it wouldn't ruin anything for you necessarily, but I do feel like, story you know, I think, yeah, the story will flow better. And I think thematically in terms of me saying like, so this is me saying what I got to say about Barry with this like this is me wrapping up all the things i want to say and do about barry and then speed metal is me being like okay this is this is me wrapping up the stuff i wanted to say with wally and, and the stuff that's going on with him so and not to say the stories are necessarily over but it's the idea that i'm able to kind of like have my say on the same day which is crazy i can't believe they're both on the same day um <laughs> once i figured that out i was like oh, okay this is so perfect because i was worried like i was worried speed metal would come out before <laughs> And then when I realized they were coming the same day, I was like, oh, this is just, it, it just works out really, really Gosh, well. Yeah. For the story, you know? But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up in the book. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. Like, I finished writing it a little bit ago, and, and Howard's finishing the last issue right now. And, oh, nice. Uh, like, yeah, I think you guys are going to be, like, super surprised. Like, if you're, I don't know, there's a part of me that is like, if you've never read Flash before and you read these issues, you're going to be so lost, and you're not going to know what's going on. Oh, well, we're Flash fans. <laughs> yeah, guys, like, that's the thing, like, you guys, I think you're going to get in there, and there's going to be so many Easter eggs, and so many nice. things, and so much stuff that you're just going to be like, like, it's going to blow your mind at places. You're going to be like, what? Like, where did that come from? Like... You, you've you've given me content for weeks, I guess, after the issue comes out. I'm going to have to pick apart the issues and post everything that I find. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, and there's all kinds. I mean, I love Easter eggs, and I love, like, foreshadowing of things. And, you know, if you go back and you read, um, if you go all the way back to Flash. Okay, this is out now. Okay, so if you go all the way back to Flash Rebirth, the one that I did, the part one, there's that the murder in the issue, and then the last page has Thawne, like, watching, right? Like, he's watching those two cops. And I picked that up in the issue that came out this week. And so it's like, I've always been seeding this stuff this entire time. And if you go back and read, like, Flash number nine, in Flash number nine, we did the same thing, where it was like, we did this tease of all these things that were going to happen throughout the hundred issues. And so if you go back and look, you're going to be able to be like, oh, that was about this, and that was about this, and that was about this. Okay. And so, yeah, we just really... uh 
I think it'd be one of those things that, like, someday I'll probably make a chart and be like, all right, this was teasing this. This was teasing this. And, yeah. Um, I, I think that's probably the, literally the only thing that'll make me re-download Twitter is to see that chart because I know uh, Twitter is, <laughs> like, your main output there. I actually uh, – yeah. quick, just a quick uh, yeah. side question there. There's an Instagram account called Joshua Williamson, and it posted, like, some of the David Marquez art. Is that you? I don't think so. Uh, there's me, so I have Twitter. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking about Instagram. Yeah, yeah, Instagram. Yes, the Instagram is me. Uh, I never use Instagram. Um, so, so I messaged the account because it was like a 2011 oh, really? post. Yeah, so it was like post from like 2011, right? And then it was all of a sudden like, you know, nine years later, you're posting David Marquez art, and you're like, hey, I, I never use Instagram, but you know, whatever, I'll post art from here <laughs> time to time. And I was like. I, I found it one day, and I was like, okay, uh, Mitch Jared follows it. Uh, I think Snyder follows yeah, it. So I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. this seems legit, but let me message it to make sure. And I'm like, I have you no really, idea if this is him. I have no idea. I don't even know. Like, This is going to sound crazy. I think with technology, I'm usually pretty on it. Instagram, for whatever reason, is like the one thing I'm like a Luddite about. So <laughs> don't use it. I don't really use it that often, but I will. Um, so it's on my phone. It's on my phone. I don't have it anywhere else. I also don't. This is so silly. This is how much I don't use it. So, like, people I know use it. My wife uses it a lot. And uh, there was a while there, I was like, how do I even post on this thing? Like, I, I didn't even. <laughs> and also, I'm very critical about what I do post on the internet. Like, if you notice, like, I don't really use. I don't really use Twitter very often. Your Twitter is very professional. Yeah, it's all just yeah. like stuff up. And so, a lot of that stuff scheduled. Like, a lot of my t- posts on Twitter are scheduled. And so, it's like I'm very you know, meticulous of like, this is what it's going to be. And this is what I'm going to post and when I'm going to post it. Instagram is so weird because I don't uh, use it on my computer. You know, like I don't have Twitter on my phone or anything. So when you said that just now, I was like, what's he talking about? I'm like, oh, it's on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, I, about two months ago, I was like, you know what? I should probably use this. But then I was like, I don't know what to use this for. That's how it's different from Twitter. Aside from the fact that I know people will use it. So uh, yeah, but it's on my to-do list to try to use it more often. <laughs> Listen, I, I, yeah. I uh, Christian Deuce, one of your artists on Flash yeah, Rebirth, he, uh, I followed him since very early on in his account, and I've messaged him all the time. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I've right. kind of like taught him like how to use Instagram through messages. You know, I'm like trying to oh. give him advice and stuff, and <laughs> he's always thanking me. So I'm like, okay, you know, I I helped him use Instagram. I guess I'm gonna have to help you too. Just uh, get you through it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Christian's awesome. I really like him a lot. He he, I don't remember where we saw him at first, but I liked him on something, and then we needed somebody to do a filler issue, and I was like, let's just use Christian, I think his stuff is good, I think he has a lot of potential, and then he kind of became, like, the B artist in the book, like, if Rafa wasn't doing it, that meant Christian was doing it, and Howard only does the, the special event stuff, you know, like, he did uh, the button in a flash war, and year, year one. one, yeah, 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 and he's doing, um, he's doing the last two parts of finish line, um which are bonkers again like when you get to those <laughs> i'm so excited like, <laughs> it, it, you get to like the rafa because it's, it's, it's gonna alternate and this is something we haven't talked about yet but it's gonna alternate so it's like rafa then christian rafa christian and then how for two parts but also there are sequences that are being drawn by scott collins but there's a specific reason he's drawing those sequences blitz he's not drawing was that is oh. it is it like included the blitz <laughs> Uh, no, no. I mean, oh, okay. You'll see. You'll you'll see when you get there. There's a reason that we we he's drawing those parts. Um, but he's drawing very specific parts, and so uh, and then you get to Howard, and it's bonkers. There's like there's a page in it where um, basically let's put it like this. 
in issue 100, which is 761, Howard was saying he counted, and there are more characters in that one issue than he's ever drawn in one issue ever. Oh, wow. Like, Crap. Or, I mean, he drew J- JLA. How's that possible? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But, you know, when you'll see, there's a lot of people in there. It's It gets bonkers. There's yeah. a lot in that one. So, I'm excited. Uh, it's all one action sequence, too, but it's a lot of stuff that happens. And then the last issue has action in it as well. There's a lot of big action. But then, obviously, I kind of slow things down in the last, like, eight pages to kind of wrap everything up. But, uh, yeah. There's a lot coming. I think it's tough because I don't want to spoil things for you guys. I'm also, like, it's weird. I mean, I wrote it out of order in a way because I had to write it so that Howard, uh, because we knew those two issues were going to have so much going on, he had to to start drawing early. And so it's like I wrote them kind of out of order. And so sometimes I'm like, there are moments where I'm like, wait, what issue came out this week? What happens to that issue? Oh, okay. All right. Yes. All the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that. I wrote some of that stuff a long time ago, but um, it's weird because I'm also putting this stuff out for so long. Uh, yeah. Going yeah. off of that, you say how you like kind of foreshadowed a lot even from the beginning. Did you mm-hmm. always plan to have August killed by Eobard? Like, was that always yeah. your plan? Oh, yeah. okay. Since that's first why, introducing. Yeah, so that's why, you know, when you go back and you look at issue seven and eight, it's like, Seven, when he says at the end of seven, like, I'm gonna go fight Eobard, that was me already knowing that eventually we were gonna have this happen, right? Okay. Like, yeah, it, it's weird because we had kind of like rearranged some of the stories. So, some of the things that happened, it's, it's some things got extended, right? So, this sequence with, with Godspeed and Eobard was supposed to happen much earlier, okay. Uh, some of the stuff that we're doing, it's really weird, man. It's like things got stretched out in places and got rearranged in places. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, Eobard was always going to kill Godspeed. Um, yeah, and the whole that, thing that blew like, my mind, by the way. Like that hit me like a Mack truck. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I did this in a post, and I was like, it was genius writing because you lulled us into like the false sense of security, right? Eobard's like, like, kind of has his "What would Barry do?" moment, right? And he lets, you know, he lets Turtle, uh, or I'm sorry, Paradox live. And it's like, wow, Eobard like really did the right thing. Like he looked up to Barry for a good thing. And I'm like, wow, that was that was really nice. And then I turn the page and I'm like, what? What just <laughs> happened? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I was planned. It was it was on purpose because I want people to like have a moment where you thought Eobard might not be as bad, or just had a moment of like maybe this could go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's crazy is this actually. So. I tried to keep that secret for as long as possible that Godspeed was going to die. And we knew, I mean, for a long time. I mean, it's funny. I have a whiteboard. I have a whiteboard from the end of 2017. And on that whiteboard, it says, you know, um, Eobard kills uh, Eobard kills Godspeed back then. and Because originally Godspeed and Wally were supposed to be in Running Scared. Um, yep. there's that part where Barry uh, runs to the future at the beginning of 25 and the idea at the time was that, Bear, that, Wally, that Wally and Godspeed were going to come with him and this is all like things that moved around obviously it didn't work but they were supposed to go to the future with him that storyline, some of that stuff got used later because you have the stuff where it's like Wally comes to save Barry during uh, Perfect Storm and then Barry lets Godspeed out of um, Iron Heights to help in that storyline as well. Yeah. Some of that stuff was 
happen sooner. So some of this was supposed to happen during Running Scared. So I had this whiteboard. I've always kind of wanted to show this whiteboard of planning, but the problem was because um, it, it had stuff on there about Bart too, about Bart coming back at the end of fifty. There's things on that whiteboard, but it hasn't that whiteboard Eobar killing Godspeed. And I was like, we're still going to do that. I don't want to like spoil it. But what's bonkers is is that um, the solicitation. So if you bought the physical DC Comics catalog at the comic book store, if you bought it. If you got to issue 95, which is issue 756, the one before last, it says in big, bold letters, it says Reverse Flash kills Godspeed. Oh, wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Because no one reads the physical... I was about to say, how did I not see an article about this? No one reads it. You read it online. Yep. Right? So unless you're a retailer or a person like I, maybe, who still gets those and is obsessed with them... uh, you would not have known, but if you had if you had bought the physical like DC Diamond catalog and flipped through all the way to that page, it says that Reverse Flash kills Godspeed. I was uh, I was glad that it did not get leaked. I'm glad no one picked up on it because it allowed us to have that that reveal that that twist and um, that's not like my favorite. That's not my favorite page turn. There's one coming up in um, in '98. That's my favorite page turn. Oh man, one one more intense than that. I don't know if I can handle I this. One of my favorite. It's, it's probably my favorite we've done in the book. It's the most like. It's really earned. It's really earned, but also feels very sudden, just like that one. Uh, but yeah, we planned that from the beginning. It was it was always intended. That's why he has that moment at the end of seven, at the beginning of eight, where he's like, "I'm gonna go fight." He's like, "I'm gonna go fight Eobard and see what happens." So <laughs> that was always that was always me kind of uh, foreshadowing some of those beats. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's crazy like like we were talking about this maybe a few podcast episodes ago like when the, when the issue had come out and we were like that was genius like you know eobard creates a friend for barry only to take it away like he feels betrayed by barry right he wants to be his best friend and all that right the every second is a gift right he sees w- wally telling him that at the graduation so like yeah. to create a best friend for him and then only to take it away like right when he thinks he's doing good like i just thought that like it, it blew my mind like just seeing that and not knowing ahead of time, because, you know, when you read old Flash trades, you already know, like, you know, what happened. So mm-hmm. to not know was just crazy. Thanks, man. I And there's more coming. There's a scene in, um, there's a scene in 100 where Thawne is taunting Barry, and he kind of hints at all the things, this is probably too much spoilers, but... <laughs> there's, there, there's two scenes where he basically is like, these are all the ways I've messed with you over the last four years and he kind of like we we show it we show little examples of all the ways that he's messed with barry over the last four years and i think some of those things will surprise people but um you know yeah he's been manipulating barry since issue one in some form or another and and even like you know with the whole thing with hunter where it's like um that he gave the gun to the clown um Things like that we kind of revisit and we explain a little bit more of why he was doing the things he was doing and what he was what he was putting in motion this entire time to kind of just, you know, mess. Because the thing is, is that he doesn't want to just mess with Barry because the thing he's sort of come to this conclusion of is that, like, it's not enough to make Barry suffer. It's that Barry's family must suffer as well. And he wants Barry to do that because Barry is so much about like what happened i don't want what happened to me to happen to anybody else and i want to make sure i protect my family 
So it can't just be like, oh, I'm suffering. It has to be like, oh, I'm going to make the people around you pay as well. And that's sort of what Thawne has been up to the last four years plus. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. I mean, once you get there, you're going to... Yeah. It, it's pretty spelt out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You mentioned the part where Hunter gave the clown the gun. Did you have to mm-hmm. contact Jeff Johns about that at all? Or... Not really. I mostly talked to Scott Collins about it because he was going to draw it. Yeah, yeah we, we we actually talked to Scott on an interview and he had mentioned that. Uh, he said that you actually seemed a little like nervous to go over it with him, <laughs> which I know I would be nervous too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to... Well, because he's also... Because he still talks to Jeff on a regular basis. I don't talk to Jeff that often anymore. And so it was like, he still talks to Jeff on a regular basis. So I was like making sure my editors talked with Jeff or they knew what was going on. And going to Scott and being like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? And he was like, that sounds cool. It makes sense. And so we ran with it. I don't think it really does anything to hurt the character, but I definitely think it adds a little bit more to him in oh, terms of tragedy. You know, it's like, cause he was right. Like, that's the thing is that like, when you go back and you look at that story, I mean, I, I've read Blitz so many times, probably I've read Blitz probably more than any other than Return of Barry Allen. Like, Return of Barry Allen, I, I, I know... That's my one-two punch right there. I've probably read them each 500 times. <laughs> yeah, like, it, they're both they're both really great. And, um, you know, Blitz was one... Man, yeah, like, you're talking about reading some stuff for the first time. You know, I remember reading Blitz when it was coming out, and just every issue, just being like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I mean, I felt stupid when it came to Hunter's Almond, because, like, I remember when it went evil, I did not see it coming. And I was talking to that guy at the comic shop I worked at, and he was like, what are you talking about? Look at his name. It's like Solomon. <laughs> I was like, I did not see that at all. Like, never, never once did that happen. <laughs> well, like, well, and it's interesting that you talk about, like, you know, foreshadowing in a story, because coming up to Blitz and Jeff's run, he also foreshadowed. He had that one issue with Abracadabra that I think it was, like, DC first or something. It was some like tie-in issue, and like, you know, he had like like things referring to Hunter Zalman, like what his fate would be. And like obviously at the time when that came out, no one probably saw it coming. But like it all like when you read Blitz now, you're like, oh my god, he was sprinkling the ideas. So I feel like we're gonna be able to do that with your run, like see where you were sprinkling the ideas for us. I was yeah, I was always trying to lay little seeds down and, and just put like a trail there of like this is going to eventually be a thing. Some of it's really vague and. Some of it's just me having fun, but then there's some stuff that's very obvious. It's like, this is the direction it's going to, to go. But yeah, doing the Hunter stuff, I, I really like Hunter. He's like, obviously, one of my favorite villains. And I think we talked about this last time, possibly, that like, I didn't want to use him if I didn't have Wally. Like, that was kind of my rule. Was yeah. I didn't want to use Wally villains um, until I, I could. And then I was able to use Hunter in the story. And you know, build it up into stuff about Thawne and everything like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I will tell you Hunter does not appear in the ending of my run because I feel like I kind of wrapped up some stuff with him. Uh, but I do want to write him again someday. I, I think that like, as much as he's not in the end of my run, I don't feel like Hunter's story is over, but also eventually, you know, you gotta leave some things on the table for other people. <laughs> yeah, I feel well, like I've been greedy yeah, with certain things that I'm like, I've been very protective of certain stuff with the Flash. Like I've been very like, you know, like Gorilla Grodd did not appear in anything for a long time, and I was able to. Uh, and people wanted to use Gorilla Grodd, and I had to be like, no, no, you can't use Gorilla Grodd. Like, please don't use Gorilla Grodd. There's a whole reason. Don't use Gorilla Grodd. Don't use this person. Don't use that person. What was funny is he was gonna appear in. Um, he was going to appear in Deathstroke. 
And I was like, please oh. don't use a Deathstroke. Because uh, he was going to be on the Secret Society of Supervillains. And I was like, please oh. use him in Deathstroke. Don't use him in Deathstroke. And they ended up using Reverse Flash instead. And I was like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. You're not supposed to use him. I mean, it's bonkers. You think about like He died in my run. Reverse Flash died in 27 and then came back in 92. Like, that's a lot of issues that he's not in the book, but his presence is in the book the entire time. There's, like, yeah. wrong with him. And, but that was on purpose, too. I wanted to make sure we brought him back, that it was something, you know, really emotional and very, uh, it all kind of built up to him. And then, and then obviously tell, like, a really big final story with him that ties it all back together. Mm-hmm. So if another comic wants to use a Flash character, they have to go through you first or whoever's writing the Flash at the time? Uh, no, they go through the editorial, but, uh, you know, if you have a good relationship with your editors, um, I mean, listen, think editors will protect you with that, you know, because they don't want it to be like that either. They don't want things to like mess with somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally was going to use Abracadabra in the book much, much earlier. It's interesting. Abracadabra is a funny character because he's a Barry villain, but is so tied into Wally. Yeah. Like. He's definitely, it's fun with Abracadabra because he's not really a character I think people think of as one of, like, the Flash's biggest villains. But in the Wally run, Abracadabra is a big part of that. Like, oh, Jeff, like, Jeff utilized him to the max. Well, so Mark did. I mean, Mark's the one that, like, took away the stuff with the uh, the wedding and all that stuff. That was, that was you know, Mark and everything. And I was going to use him earlier on, and then they were like, hey, hey, wait, 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 he's going to be in Titans. And then you're like, oh, well, he's in Titans, I understand now. Like, these are the things that are happening. So you, you know, your editors will come to you, and they're going to talk to you about it, and they're going to say, like, what's up with this? And so that was a situation where they were like, they want to use Gorilla Gras, what do you think? And I was like, no, 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 please don't don't touch Gorilla Gras. But I should have said, don't touch Reverse Flash either. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you, you definitely share these characters. I had this conversation with Bendis, um maybe two years ago we were talking about some of this stuff and it's like you have to kind of be zen about it because not only do you not own these characters you um it's like part of the game you know it's like if you're working on a character that is a major franchise character of course they're going to appear in people's books of course they're going to be other things you know mm-hmm. uh and you have to be able to kind of work with those people and talk to them about things and uh but I'm also, like, I'm so obsessed with continuity and the idea of the universe that I'll try to make it all work. Like, I think I'm one of the only books that made it all work over the last four years. Because I mentioned the fact that, like, Jess, uh, Cruz, and Barry were flirting in Justice League. I mentioned that in the book. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Leviathan. Uh, well, Metal. Like, everything that's happened. I even try to reference stuff from... Just, just anything and stuff. You know, obviously, I had to reference things from Heroes in Crisis. Uh, I always tried to reflect anything that was happening in the universe in the book in some form or another, even if I just mentioned it. Like, you know, like yeah. there's an issue. Uh, it's during that stuff. It's during the um, the death of the Speed Force stuff, and he uh, and Barry goes to Argus and is like, "Oh, Argus was destroyed, so we have to go to this warehouse instead." And it's like that's just a reference to what was going on in Leviathan. I always try to make sure I reference everything that was going on in the universe in some form or another, um, just to kind of keep it together. Sometimes they would drive me crazy with things, but I'd make it work. Like one time, Bendis used Copperhead and Superman just like randomly, and uh, I was like, "What the heck?" But then I made it work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we I was appreciate say, the, that. the year of the villain stuff must have been so hard to work with, just because like 
like I, I I feel like as a reader, like between you know, for example, Batman, Detective, and Justice League, I was like, I have no idea which Batman is taking place first. And I'm <laughs> a continuity, like I I love continuity, so, so do I. I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. And then randomly, like the Doom symbol appeared in the sky in tech, and I'm like, okay, that explains that. And I'm like, where did yeah. Alfred's death play in all of this? And I'm like, I'm I'm very lost. <laughs> there was a lot of conversations about how that was gonna work, and I, I probably shouldn't talk about it. Uh, but, you know, Batman Superman had the same problem because it was like we had the death in the sky happen in Batman Superman, the doom symbol in the sky at the same time as, yeah, it was in Flash and it was in Detective and it was in Batman, but it was also in Justice League. Um, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting problem. I think the thing I always kind of wrote it as was just that, you know, like, and you guys know this, you know, these are fans and you guys read the DC Universe, but it's like, the universe is broken and it's like all the stuff between Manhattan and Perpetua and the Batman who laughs, all those things. That's why anytime I have Barry, anytime Barry is in the time stream, he's always like, this is a mess. Like anytime he's running, you know, like anytime he's running through time, he always like looks around and is like, this is, this is a disaster. (laughs) So (laughs) that is me saying like, yes, I recognize, you know, this stuff is out of order. Um, to that end, I mean, I would say read Death Metal because, you know, Scott definitely on a metal level talks about that stuff in, in Death Metal. And I have to be careful because only issue one Death Metal is out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Issue two is actually next week. So. Oh, is it really next week? Yeah. Cool. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. Uh, there's okay. some, there's some cool, there's some cool moments in there for, for if you're a Flash fan and in, in issue two, there's a couple of cool, cool moments. Well, well, with with Death Metal, we were talking about after the first issue, we kind of came to the realization that this could be Scott's Secret Wars, like how Hickman did for Marvel, how it was built up from his Fantastic Four run. For Scott, it was his Batman run. And mm-hmm. for about a decade, he was able to write through different books but keep that kind of one overarching story. And now it leads to a big event, which was for Hickman, it was Secret Wars, which was like this epic, amazing event. And for Scott, at least the first issue, epic, amazing event. So for death metal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We're, guys, we're excited. Uh, death metal gets, gets even crazier, man. I mean, cause you have the first three issues and you have legends of, uh, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Legends of the dark Knight that comes out, um, the week after issue two. Right. Oh, okay. Or something like that. I think it's before it's before three. It's right, before, it's right before three, and then after three, you have like the guidebook, and and then you have the three one shots with like Trinity Crisis and Speed Metal, and then Multiverse is in, and then there's more stuff coming. You know, I know, I know Scott's like teased a bunch of stuff, um, but yeah, that story gets it gets really big, and yeah, it definitely includes a lot of the stuff we've been talking about and building. I mean, it is crazy to think about like the the you know the story of metal. You know, yeah, Scott seated it in Batman, and then when he was done with Batman, him, James, and I, we had lunch in um, San Diego Comic-Con, like, the Saturday, and we sat at this restaurant, we were just, like, talking about metal, and that was back in 2016, we were talking about what metal was going to be, and this crazy big story, and how big it was going to get, and how metal would be, like, this piece of it leading into death metal, and then you get to two years ago, more than two years ago now, and we were in Phoenix talking about where we were then, right? Like where the story was and Justice League hadn't even come yet. And we were just like, okay, here are these pieces of this big puzzle. Which characters do we want to use? Which stuff can we do? Like, cause then we were, we were past the metal part and now we're getting into the Justice League part. And we were talking about Batman, Superman, 
which is also bonkers. You think about it, it's like it was that was in April or May of 2018, and Batman Superman didn't even come out until August 2019. But we just knew, like, so we, we had this huge plan that we've been building this entire time, and yeah, you guys are getting to see sort of all that come together, and I think it'll surprise you in places how it does come together. It'll like it'll be like, oh, this thing referenced from years ago will somehow play a part again. Okay, it's, cool. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. What's built. it been like uh, working with Scott? Because obviously for Death Metal, you've had to kind of work with him. Also, Death, uh, sorry, Speed Metal, um, how many issues is it? Speed Metal is only one issue long. It's just uh, 38 pages, all drawn by Eddie Burrows. It is... And Eddie's great, by the way. He's yeah. Oh, he's killing it. Like, it is... I don't know. I, I feel like he should definitely draw a flash book at some point because he gets the motion really, really well and like he gets the characters well. And I mean, it's, it's a lot of action in that one. There's, it's a lot of action. It's like half action and then half really emotional stuff. Um, and, but still very fun. I think, I think it's a really a fun um, issue. There's still high stakes, but it's still really fun. Mm. Uh, working with Scott and James. I mean, I just talk to those guys every day. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. I mean, we just talk all the time and, um, you know, it's a lot of chat, a lot of phone. Now it's a little different because it used to be that, like, you know, every six months to, you know, every six months or so, like, I would probably fly out to New York and stay at Scott's house and we would, like, figure stuff out. We're obviously not, not doing that right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'll be a while. Um, but uh, the last time we did that, I think, was in, yeah, when was that? I think it was December or November we did that and we figured out a bunch of stuff then. Um, but yeah, working with them was great. It's just a lot of like figuring ideas out and throwing stuff at the wall and then like testing ourselves and really pushing everything and being like, how can we make this better? How can we do this, you know, bigger, but, you know, having a lot of conversations about the emotional parts of it and then talking a lot about the characters and then what we want to see from those characters and what we want to, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I'm going to say fix. Uh, but things we want to do that, you know, we, as fans of these characters we want to do and you know we do listen to people when they talk about this stuff I and mean, we're not always as engaging with it or as responsive to it but we do listen and so we, you know we definitely want to make something that people are happy with and look at and and go along for the ride with us i mean that thing's one of things kind of hard at conventions is people will come to me and they're concerned about something or they're worried about something and it's weird right because it's like if you're talking about like it's a bad example, but I'm going to use it. It's like if you're talking about like a four or five year story that someone is building and you're only at one or two years into it, it's almost like if you're watching a movie and you're 20 minutes in and you're getting to the end of the first act, beginning of the second act and like bad things happen and everyone's worried about those things and you're just, you got to finish the movie, you know, you got to like, yeah. you got to finish the movie. And so it's been hard sometimes talking to people and just being like, I know we're on a on a roller coaster ride, and I know sometimes it gets scary and there's ups and downs. But you gotta trust me that some of these things are going to pay off, or they're going to get to a place that's better. Uh, but you gotta kind of put those characters through hell a little bit. I had this conversation with somebody else. I don't know what it was, but we were talking about um, Batman and Superman a lot. And I have this like theory that you know, if I, if it's broad daylight outside, it's a sunny day outside and I take a flashlight outside, you're not even going to really know that flashlight's on. Right. But if you go into pitch black in the dark, you turn that flashlight on, it shines brighter, right? You can actually see the light. And I think that yeah. sometimes our characters, you know, 
for you to be able to see how bright some of our characters shine, you got to put them in the darkness sometimes. And uh, that's that's how you can see. That's how you test them. You can test how bright they are, and you test their resiliency as characters and how great they are. you got to put them in the dark sometimes to get there. But, yeah. That, that definitely sounds like what Tom King was talking about post-Heroes in Crisis, which, by the way, the last time we spoke was, like, about a week before Heroes in Crisis dropped. <laughs> so, right, we just came off of Flash 51, and we are like, yeah, Wally West's story is far from over. And then Heroes in Crisis 1 came out, and both Hunter and I were like, uh... Yeah, sure. For me, it's weird, right? Because you're like, I know he's not... Like, for me, it was like, I know he's not dead, and Heroes in Crisis is seven issues long, and that's a long... Or no, I'm sorry. Originally, it was seven, and it became nine. nine yep. Yeah. And oh my God, this is going to be like the longest nine months of my life. Because <laughs> I knew while he wasn't dead, and it was just, it was just hard. It was definitely a, a thing, and you know, you know, I definitely have. Uh, I probably should say this, but I've definitely spent my time yelling at Tom on the phone. <laughs> oh, wow. As as Wally fans, we thank you, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like literally a week before it came out, we spoke to you, and I was like, like I remember exiting the interview with you, and Hunter and I spoke for a little bit on the phone after that, and I was like, wow, that was that that was really cool. He made me feel really optimistic about Wally. Like Heroes of Crisis is gonna turn out okay. And like I should have known, you know, when a Flash and a Crisis mix, you you know, uh oh, I'm in danger. But <laughs> oh, I know when they when when Dan and Tom said that, I was so. Oh just... my god, I I I post that quote maybe a hundred times because I was like. Oh. Oh, when they said that, I was crisis without a dead flash. I was like, no, Dan, please, no. (laughs) Dan, you know, I don't go too much in this, but basically, Dan just loves theater. That's what I'll say. I've really come to like Dan a lot. When he was on Instagram, or he's still on Instagram, uh, he was very interactive with us. Like, uh, I commented on one of his posts, and he he replied to me like, oh, your name wouldn't happen to be Wally? Like, it it was hilarious. He was always such a jokester. So I'm like, I I gained, like, such a new level of respect for Dan. And, like, I I realized what every one of you writers and editors were talking about, like, how, you know, Dan was, like, you know, one of the best guys in DC Comics and, like, how everyone had a great relationship with him. Just from, you know, interacting with him in a comment section, I could clearly see, you know, how funny and how awesome he was. He was really funny. He liked to push buttons. He definitely could tell that. I mean, it's interesting with some of that stuff because it's like, and this is this isn't a Dan thing, this is a DC Comics thing, but it's like, you know, I've been reading stuff as a little kid and I started going to conventions a, a long time ago, right? And it's like... I remember being there, like being at conventions in the panel rooms pre-Dan, and and then, you know, uh, being there throughout the 2000s, and just being like a fan, you know, in the audience and, and watching these panels, and uh, the excitement, the energy that was there, but they 100% like to instigate us, <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know, and that's the thing, that's a comics thing in general. I think Marvel and DC love to like get the fans riled up a little bit because it shows you care. I mean, that's the yeah. thing is that like. And I think about this too sometimes that it's like the one of the reasons why I was on the Flash for so long, not only because it sold, like that was a part of it. I'm not going to deny it. The fact that it was selling, like that was definitely, you know, they were very happy. The fact that it stayed steady up and, you know, for a long time it was pretty steady. So they were very happy about that. But then it was also just like the fact that people talked about the book and talked about the character and what was happening in the book, that meant a lot to Dan. It wasn't like they were talking about all these other things. They were talking about things that were happening in the book. And I think that's what you know, made DC Comics happy with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's weird to be done with it now, dude. It's so crazy. I, I had to lie for a long time because people would ask me, like, when are you going to leave? When are you going to leave? And I always knew when. Like, I always knew. 
Right. L- literally the day before you announced, somebody had messaged me and they're like, "Oh, how long do you think Williamson's going to go on the Flash?" And I remember replying like, "Oh, there's no, there's no stopping him. Like he's rolling right <laughs> through 100. Like he's yeah. legacy numbers. He's going till 800." And then, uh, and literally the next day, the article came out. I was like. What? <laughs> there was a part of me that when they did the legacy numbers, it was like, can I stay to 100? Can I do that? Do I have enough left? And I, you know, it's funny. It's not like I don't have any more Flash stories to tell or anything like that, but I feel like this story is over. And I feel like the story I wanted to tell here was over. And I don't know if I'd want to come back. Like, I know that that's the funny thing is that people have these long runs on the Flash and they always come back. Like, yeah. Mark came back and, and, yep. and Jeff came back. I don't know. I mean, I would like to tell more stories with Wally, obviously, and I think there's other characters I kind of want to get into, like Bart and Jay. But I think I've definitely told like my my Barry story. You know, I feel like I've I've done what I want to do with Barry at this point. Um, but yeah, man, we talked about it a, a bit, and it was funny because like back in, I think it was in November, December we started having these conversations more and more about when I was leaving, and I think they didn't take me as serious when I was like, no, this is what I want to go. This is what I want to go. And even in, I would say like February or March, I sat down with one of the editors and they had a notebook and everything. They were ready to go. And they're like, well, we want to talk about what happens after finish line. And I was like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm done. I was like, that's it. And they're like, oh, really? Like you really are done? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I mean, that's, that's the story. That's the story I want to tell Barry, you know, we're getting to do the ending that we wanted to do. And, I don't want to jinx it. That was also a whole other part of it, too, where I was like, I didn't want to have a situation where, um, you know, I, I wanted to, cause there was, okay, so there was a moment before that where they were like, well, if you did stay past finish line, what would you do? And I was like, oh, I guess there's this one story I kind of want to do. And I started explaining it later on. They were like, they were like, yeah, you clearly, that would have felt like a filler arc. And why would you want to do like filler stuff at the end? Like, yeah. why would you? Yeah, fin- finish line is your grand finale. Yeah, finish line is clearly. I mean, guys, I, I promise you, when you guys get to these issues, it's going to be like this is clearly the end of the story. <laughs> like, there's nothing. That was the other thing too. Was that I was like looking at these these pages that Howard Porter was turning in, and I'm like, there's no way to top this. There's nothing else I can do. Right? It's like yeah. you look at you get finish line, and you look at the stuff that Rafa and Christian and Scott Collins are doing, and then you look at the stuff that Howard Porter does. And those two issues, and those two issues are crazy. And then you look at Speed Metal, and Speed Metal's just as crazy. Like there's cool stuff that happens in Speed Metal. It's it really is a lot about the Flash family um, during this crazy story of Death Metal. It really felt like no, this is it. I'm done. I can't. I can't top this at this time, <laughs> and I don't want to just like keep it going. So I definitely was like, yeah, it's time to go. Uh, and so I told him I was like, guys, I think I think this is clearly it. You know, like, but yeah, I promise you, you guys get those issues Howard's going to do, you're just going to be like, what? What is this? What is this? Yeah, but, I'm looking forward to it. It's pretty bonker. I think they're going to leak, not leak, they're going to post, I think, a two-page spread that Howard did that gives away some of it. Part of me was like, no, 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 come on, let's keep some of that stuff a secret. And then I was like, oh, but there's so many things that are cool in that issue that I'm okay with with spoiling a couple little things. They were funny, dude, because they were like, uh, that, that promo we did they had the Flash family on one side and the Legion of Zoom on the other side. Yeah. They were like, do you want to keep this a secret? Like, do you want to not reveal that Max and Jesse are coming back? Do you want to not reveal that Bart and Jay are coming back? And I was like, no, nah, man, let's do it. Like, let's let's get it out there and tell people this is what's coming because yeah. uh, I'm excited about it. I want to talk about it. 
it's rough how people ask me when Max is coming back, and I'm like, let me tell you, on the first day I had the job, I asked about Max and Bart. So, like, <laughs> I there was no way I was not going to have them in the book at the end. There was just there was just no way I couldn't I wouldn't be able to do that. I had to. Um, yeah, getting Bart back. Bart is so much fun to write, guys. Like he he is so much fun to write. He has some of my favorite parts in, in Finish Line. Well, we, we've said for a while you. that you'd be great for Young Justice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, like um, I mean, obviously, Bendis is on it right now, but Bendis is also yeah. on so many books. But, um, you know, I, I feel like you would, you've done really great. Like, I feel like where your Flash arc shine the most has been, like, the team stuff, you know, uh, Perfect Storm and Flash War and stuff. Like, when you have a lot of characters to work with, you know, it really feels like you work good. And the way you've talked about Bart makes me want to just hear more about your Bart and I'm you know I'm currently rereading Impulse and I'm having a great time with it like it's it's so much fun so I'm like damn I really need like some really great Impulse moments I'm like I need Williamson to just take over on Young Justice because he could deliver me that <laughs> that issue of Impulse where he starts the school fight by accident oh that's great one of the best comics ever written like, yeah it's, it's the it's, it's the third so issue of Impulse it's yeah. like Everything works. It fires on all cylinders. Like it yeah. all lines up, and at the end, it's just like he's walking by. Like, what did you do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that issue's so good. It's so good. I was at um, I was in the offices one time, and they were pu- putting together the uh, the omnibus. Um, I can't I'm so, say. I'm so sad that got canceled. Ugh. What's crazy is, is that there's a cover. I'm not sure if it's public or not. I can't say who did it, but somebody did the cover to the omnibus, and they had it in the office, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, it's pretty awesome there's a lot of people that work in the office that are huge um that are really big flash fans and it's been really great sometimes talking with them especially the younger editors uh they're all big flash fans and so it's interesting to have them like really appreciate some of the stuff like in issue 50 when bart um when bart appeared i remember man i was so like because i've been told no on bart before and so I was always so concerned that, like, last minute they wouldn't let me use Bart. And the only reason why Bart was a surprise was because Young Justice was supposed to get announced, like, a month earlier than it did. Mm-hmm. And so the week that issue 50 came out was supposed to be the same week they were going to announce Young Justice. And so at the time I was like, well, people are going to know Young Justice is coming and it was going to have Bart on it. So you would know Bart was coming back. But then you wouldn't know he was coming back in issue, so it would be a surprise. And then the announcement got pushed back, so that that was like a surprise that Bart came back at the end of the issue, it and was, then you, yeah. you know, go be in um, in Young Justice and everything. But yeah, I love writing that character. Max is fun to write. Justice is fun to write. There's a bunch of people that are in uh, in here. They're fun. And obviously, Eobard is a blast. Eobard is rough too because he can be such a he's such like a horrible person, but he loves like the flash history and he loves Barry. Like he really thinks Barry's like the greatest hero of all time, but hates him so much, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. Barry like love hate so relationship. Yeah. Well, he feels betrayed by him, you know, yeah. he, but like he met his idol and his idol did not live up to uh, his expectations. Um, which is a lot of what the story is about. I think for me with Barry, you know, it's like Barry's this person who, you know, once he died, he became this martyr who became this myth. You know, Barry became this thing. And it, it's interesting because some of that's transferred to Wally, right? It's like Barry used to be this like paragon of like hope and this ideal of a superhero who also sacrificed themselves. He becomes Saint Barry after his death, essentially. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
And then um, it's interesting how Wally has almost taken on some of those qualities. Like Barry's become the one that has a lack of uh, confidence in himself. And then, um, yeah, Barry's become the one that has like a little bit of a lack of confidence. Here, hold on one second. I got a text. You guys are getting like insider stuff here. I have to text an editor and be like, just hold on a second. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> oh, good. Basically, yeah, we, uh, you know, I had an editor. I'm working on something at DC, and they were like, they were like, we were talking about the art came in. It's not announced. And the art came in on the first issue, and they were like, this art looks amazing. You know, <laughs> have one note. What do you think? And I'm like, slow down. Let me do this podcast, and then I will look at it. I've already looked at the art. It's great. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> but there's like one note I have and he has one note and I want to make sure we don't like overload the artist. Uh, but, um, yeah, man. Yeah. It's funny. The last time we talked to you, Bart was just revealed and you hinted that he was going to, he was going to be in another book, which was young justice. But back then it wasn't announced yet. Did you have plans for Bart Allen before young justice was announced at all? Yes. Sort of. I mean, it's interesting when I think back to all the stuff that I was going to do in Flash that I either didn't do or got rearranged. Um, I originally wanted Barry to get trapped in the future for a little bit. Oh, cool. Um, all right. And he was going to get trapped in the future for a little bit, and then he would interact with Bart in that story. Um, and that's where we were going to find out that Bart had been trapped in the future this whole time. It wasn't going to be the stuff that Bendis eventually did. And so there was that. But then once Bendis had... Bart and they were going into the multiverse and because that book's monthly not double ship it really made it so I couldn't really use him as often and so once they came back um, I just communicated with, with Bendis as much as I could and, and texted with him and talked with him about what I was planning and he um, sends me scripts and sends me PDFs of Young Justice and we talk about Bart a little bit and um, yeah I'm just glad I get to use him for this story he has some of my favorite moments I think he has like I think every issue he has something really cool in every issue. But yeah, obviously I like Bart a lot, and mm. I, don't know, I like writing all of them. I, I like writing all of them. I don't think there's any character. It's funny, like Murmur was a character I wanted to write really early on. He was the only Wally. This is the thing about Murmur that's interesting, right? Like Murmur is a Wally villain, but if but you it's go connected to Barry, it's connected to Barry. You go back to your Iron Heights, and it's like Barry was the one that caught him arrested him, right? Yeah. So. I always wanted to do a murmur story, like a whole, I had like a whole arc I wanted to do about murmur and it just, it was supposed to be something I was going to do really early on and it just never worked out like timing wise. So I never got to write him. Um, he'd always be like in the background and stuff. So that's why in the issue that came out this week, there's that part where Barry's running around and he's like, Oh, I don't have time to stop one crime. And that's why he punches murmur because yeah. I was like, I'm just going to have murmur in this story. Just, just once. Oh, that, 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 that would have been cool to get a Murmur story. I mean, Murmur is, I feel like, kind of like an underutilized rogue. I, I feel like yeah. in the Jeff story, he's very interesting. And I always wanted to see more. So that would, that would have been pretty cool to see. There's um, another villain that I wanted to write that I didn't. And um, he is seen in my run twice. And then I know <clears throat> this is probably too much spoiler. I think you'll figure it out. But he will be in the book after me. Like, he's a villain they're going to use after me. Um, I actually told them, I was like, I was like, guys, the only villain that I haven't used is this one, and you guys should use him after me for the people after me. So okay. you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> well, well so, so funny you should bring up kind of the writer after you. I mean, obviously it hasn't been announced to us yet. I'm assuming on the solicitations that are 
the what is it October solicitations that'll be announced because that's you know the last solicitations had your book so I'm expecting it to actually come out probably like in a week or so solicitations are probably yeah, soon. You know, I think it's pretty soon, but uh, yeah, I can't talk about it. Oh, 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 of course, but um, <laughs> what kind of advice have you given to this writer? Have you have you like I mean I'm assuming that you've talked, so have you given advice? Uh, I talked about a lot of stuff I, I think that they should be doing, and I talked to the editors a lot about stuff. I think all the advice that I gave, you won't really start seeing until next year. Um, I don't want to say the advice I gave because I think it's it, it will be it will turn into spoilers. That's okay, that's I, <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, I think like six months from now, I could be like, these are the things I said, and these are the things I would recommend anyone working on the flash not do things i would say they should do um i think one of the biggest advice i would have for anybody working on the flash past me you know is that you have to love the character obviously but i think you need to be able to find your own way with it like my run is definitely in love with jeff and mark because i'm a huge jeff and mark fan and yeah um you can see it and it's funny because i think if you go back and I, I remember this when when flash 225 came out I remember I was working at a comic book store when I came out, and I it was the first box I opened. It was like six in the morning on a Wednesday before they used to get comics on Tuesday. They used to get on a Wednesday morning. Cut that box open, opened it up, and there was two twenty five. And I was like, I'm just gonna read it right now. Like I'm not gonna worry about anything. I'm gonna read it right now. Went in the back, sat there. It was freezing cold, and I read two twenty five. And I remember reading two twenty five and just being like, man, that is like a sequel to everything that mark was doing and it's a sequel to the stuff even before that you know it's, it, it ties back not only does it tie back to the stuff mark did but it ties back to stuff that carrie bates did like it connects you know and just really feeling like i had read this epic that was a sequel to another epic and so with my stuff that's something that was on my mind a lot of like continuing that beat that would be my advice to the next person is definitely take a look at that stuff but then at the same time like try to find your own way you know try mm -hmm. and find your path there's a bunch of other things I said, but I don't want to tell you guys because I think it'll be it's too spoilery. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll, we'll have to get it on the next interview, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it'll be interesting. You guys will be I think everyone's gonna be surprised. So well, I'm excited. Cool. Uh so so now we're looking back at your run in hindsight, right? You know, yeah. obviously you finished writing it. Uh last time we talked to you it was right after Flash War, and you had said the Flash War was your favorite thing to work on, and you know, it was the biggest thing you ever worked on. Has Finish Line or any other arc top that for you? I was really happy with year one. I think that year one was, I had this goal of what I wanted to do with it and do something a little different than what I'd done before. I didn't want to copy what, you know, Mark had done with Born Again. And, you know, there was like a, a one shot flash year one that was done in the eighties. It was like this weird little mini comic. And I didn't want to just do that over. I, I wanted to do something a little different with it. It involved the turtle. So I'm proud of that book. Like I remember when I pitched it, when I pitched year one, it was like right after issue one come out and I never thought they would let me do it. And I got to do it with Howard. And I think that's a big part of it is I got to do it with Howard. Uh, so I'm really proud of that. Um, I mean, I think that I feel like flash war might be my favorite. Let's see what, what finish line looks like when it's all done. There's a lot of stuff in finish line that I like, but finish line is interesting because finish line it's definitely a story about Barry. It's a story about Eobard, but it's the last 15 minutes of a movie. Right, it's the right. end, and it's a lot of fan service stuff, which I'm not afraid to tell tell you guys. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's a different beast than I think Flash War was. Where Flash War was also, 
a little bit more of this is what I've wanted to do to be doing the entire time because it's like I really believe that the Flash is a book that should be about the Flash family and it really should be about those characters and I think it's like you know Barry is at his best when he is like bouncing off somebody right that's correct that correct one hundred percent correct <laughs> yeah. and I think Iris fills that role and and Eobard definitely fills that role as well I think Eobard and, and Captain Cold too fill that role. But you got to have the Flash family in there. And it was always something I wasn't able to do as often as I wanted. And so it was like, I remember talking to them about Flash War and issue 27 had just come out. It was the same. It was the week before issue 27 came out. Talking to them about Flash War and being like, this is what I want to do. And and them saying, well, if you're going to do Flash War, because I talked to editorial about it, but actually pitching it's like a whole other story, right? Yeah. But being like, well, I want to do Flash War, and then being like, well, for you to do Flash War, that means you have to have Wally in the book before Flash War. And them saying that like it was like, a challenge or something, and me being like, yes, yes, I must have Wally in the book. Um, <laughs> but, you know, being able to have Wally come into the book with Perfect Storm, I really do think once you get around to that time period, that's where I feel like the book became more and more what I wanted it to be. Right, so it's like get into that stuff, and that, it's weird to say that because Perfect Storm starts at issue thirty-nine, but it's like there's a lot of stuff before that that I think helped me get the pieces on the table for the characters emotionally for uh, Flash War to happen, like to finally get into that stuff. And so, you know, yeah, I, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff that I'm really excited about. I really like Flash War a lot. Uh, we'll see what Finish Line. Finish Line's fun. I guess that's part of it. There's, there's a lot, there are a lot of really fun moments in the Finish Line. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so- something about your Flash run, like now looking back at it, which is kind of weird to like look back at it now, because I, I can remember in 2016, like getting the first issue, you know, and like, like a whole new Flash run ahead of me, right? So like looking back at it now, it's very weird to me, and having every issue too, like I see the whole stack, and I'm like, this is bonkers to me, but to, to steal your word, bonkers. But <laughs> yeah, I've been it every two weeks for four plus years. Yeah. So so yeah. So it's been like part of my routine, and. You know, I feel like this is the flat, the flash run that kind of like brought the life back into it for me at least. I mean, I, there's no diss to New Fifty Two. I think New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. You know, I love uh, Monopoly stuff. I, I thought they really did some creative stuff. But to me, the heart of the Flash is the Flash family, and it was something that you know we really hadn't seen since 2010. You know, with Jeff's yeah. short run, we got like little hints of what was going to be coming, and then of course. Flashpoint kind of took that away from us. So it's like your run in the beginning, Barry's alone he's you know he's nervous about life and he doesn't want to have people close to him because he's scared of what will happen and mm-hmm. now going to the end of his run at least you know obviously we haven't read finish line but what i think is going to happen is having his family the flash family around him whether you know it's avery and wallace and iris and all of them mm-hmm. you know he, he's really become such a better person because of his family and he realizes that a family is not a weakness to him it's actually a strength so so you're to make a long point even longer, your your run is like for me what reignited like you know my love for just Flash comics. Oh, thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, it was that was definitely the intent at the beginning was that Barry needed to accept that he needed to ask for help, like, and that was part of it. He needed to ask for help, and that's where Godspeed and Kid, and Kid Flash come into play. And I mean, that's why you go from him having he's the only speedster, and I say that in quotations, but he's the only speedster to suddenly there's a ton with the Speed Force Storm. That was part of the idea of that, was to kind of build around those things. But, yeah, I definitely was trying to rebuild this. There's a line in um, the, there's a line in the first part of 
finish line where Eobard talks about that, about how the Flash family was more Wally's thing, and that he says this because he's a villain. So when I say these things, I'm saying them as Eobard, the villain. Yeah. Him saying then being like, well, that's what Barry needs to realize is that the best Flash is the Flash that runs alone. The best Flash, like maybe the best Flash is the one that doesn't have a family. And of course, that's because he's the villain saying. Yeah. He's got to play devil's advocate. You know, yeah, he's saying those things because I'm trying to show that. No, no, no. It's the flip of that. He needs to have those characters. He needs to have that family. He needs to have. He's at his best when he's running with Wally and Wallace and Jay and everybody. Like, you know, it's that is when he's at his best and having those people around him. And, you know, he does it for them. I think he does a lot of what he does for them. And he needs to see that, too. So there's definitely a lot of big emotional stuff <laughs> coming up. Yeah, uh, looking it, forward to it. Crazy. It is weird. I'm curious about some stuff. Like, there's little beats. There's like a two-page sequence in, in the next issue that comes out. Is it the next one? No, it's like two from now. It is like gonna be one of those things where I think like you guys will get it. People who don't really read uh, as much Flash as like maybe we have may not get it as much. But mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stuff in there. I, I try to make it so it's a solid story for someone who's never read it. But at the same time, it's like if you've been reading this book for the hundred issues, plus you've been reading Flash and you're reading Jeff and Mark's run, even going back further, there's something for you in there. Like I really try to to fill that stuff in. Yeah, no. Uh, what other questions do you have? I have to go in a few minutes. So, other questions you got? Okay, yeah. uh, we'll maybe move to Batman Superman now. So sure. You you said That's before true. that you kind of got your job at DC doing that one issue with Robin and Supergirl oh, originally, yeah. and now you're writing Batman Superman. What's it like coming full circle in that way? Oh man, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. He's my word again. I made it and was like, I really want to do this book, and this is what I want to do with it. And he was like, not yet, not yet. We kind of waited, and we're able to make it, make it pull it together. Uh, it's pretty crazy, dude. There's, it's, it's, there's days where I'm like, I can't believe I get to write Batman and, and uh, Superman and The Flash at the same time. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that's interesting about September, is that September has the last two issues of Flash. It also has a bit issue of Batman Superman, but then it also has um, Justice League because I'm writing the Justice League issues of. of oh right! So it's like this weird moment where there's like one moment of my life where I'm writing Flash, Batman, Superman, and the Justice League. It's such a strange thing of this, you know, just this kid who just really loves DC Comics and has always loved DC Comics to suddenly come to this moment where I'm writing all this stuff is definitely. Uh, I really appreciate it. You know, I'm I'm very thankful for it and definitely think it's it's awesome. It's just. It blows my mind sometimes that I'm able to to do the stuff that I'm able to do. But yeah, working on Batman Superman, I got to work with David Marquez, who's a friend of mine. Oh, he's he's uh, so amazing. I was yeah. so glad you guys got him at DC. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Nick Darrington is my friend as well, and getting him on it, you know, I went and had dinner with him and pitched him the story we were gonna do, and and he loves Bottle City of Candor, so we got to do that. He actually built like a mini Bottle City City of Candor as a model for himself. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then. Clayton Henry, I have actually been following ever since he did Wu-Tang. He did a Wu-Tang comic book like a long time ago. So I've always like had an eye on him. He did some X-Men stuff. He's done a lot of different things over the years. And so when his name came up, I was like, yes, let's do that. And he's uh, he's great. I love I love Clayton a lot. So he did three issues. And then this a new person, I'm not sure if this is announced yet. I think it is. Uh, a new artist that's been around for a little bit named Max Raynor uh, is doing it. And we're doing an arc with Brainiac. Um, and... Yeah, it's been it's been really great writing them. I don't know. I really like working with those. It's part of the the greatness of it is just getting to work with some of these artists. But yeah, just getting to write Batman and Superman. It's it's uh it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I get to write like two of the greatest superheroes of all time and just 
have them bounce off each other and, and show off how they're different, but they're the same. And, yeah. yeah so, so what's it like been, uh, what's it been like writing comics during COVID? Because I mean, obviously you guys, you know, can work from home. And I remember last time you told us you like to take walks and stuff. So how has your routine kind of changed? I still take the walks. Uh, I just wear a mask, obviously, when I do it. Um, I still take the walks. I don't take them as often. I'm pretty careful about when I take them and where I go. But, uh, I mean, yeah, dude, I just, I just have, I have already been living in isolation because uh, we had the baby. So it's like I was never yeah. leaving anyway. So it's like you take that. I have two kids. It's just like, yeah, I was never leaving the house anyway. So my life didn't get that different with that. There's obviously a lot of really big changes. But, um just getting the work done. And also I'm very thankful that like, you know, DC, we never stopped working. So it's like to have that distraction, to have that work, to have that, that part of the routine. Uh, I think it helped a lot. It was definitely, I'm really thankful that DC kept us working through all this stuff. Cause it was like, even though things are crazy in the world, I've been able to put my head down and be like, all right, well, no matter what happens, I got to write this issue of flash or this issue of Batman Superman or this other stuff that hasn't been announced yet. I got to write. So yeah. it's just really, it's really great. Yeah. Okay. It's hard. Uh, to- crazy in the world but it's, it is it's, oh yeah, yeah. it's been tough uh i understand we have to go pretty soon so we'll just ask one more question here sure. along with batman superman and speed metal what can we expect from you in the future uh we can read justice league uh the, it's called doom metal i'm gonna start showing art off from it next week um but yeah it's with uh Zemanico is drawing two issues of it. Some of this isn't announced yet, but Zemanico is drawing two issues of it. Another artist is coming on and drawing an issue or two, and then Zemanico is coming back for the ending. Uh, I'm still working on Death Model stuff. I have a bunch of stuff I'm working on for DC that hasn't been announced yet that I'm really excited about. Um, I still write Nailbiter. That's coming out now. It's called Nailbiter Returns because it's a sequel. And then I'm wrapping up Birthright soon. But yeah, with DC stuff, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things coming up. It's just we haven't announced them yet, and so I can't talk about them. I'm, I'm antsy, too, though. There's a part of me that's like, I'm ready <laughs> to go on some things. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of like little short things for them for a minute. Um, you know, there's a couple little like short stories, some anthologies I did. And then I've done a couple little, like, you know, one-part, two-part things. But then by the time you get to next year, that's when you'll start seeing a lot more stuff from me that's more series and things like that. It's just... It's too early to talk about <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have you on again someday and maybe you can't talk about them. yeah we'll talk we'll talk when here's I, I promise you we will talk when the last issue comes out awesome yes yes so we will good. definitely talk uh thank you so much for appearing on our yeah. special 100 and thanks for such you know a short notice invite but thank you for yeah. accommodating uh it's of course a pleasure to have you on you gave us great answers and i can't wait for our uh followers to uh hear it uh, if you want to keep up with josh he's on twitter and kind of on instagram we'll, we'll try to get more into it i will figure it out soon but uh th- <laughs> thank you so much josh and uh yeah that's it for a hero story so thanks. all right thanks guys i'm getting the look i have to go now yeah okay josh <laughs> thank you all right thank you so much guys i'll talk to you later yeah have thanks. a great night see you later you. bye all right. All right, so that interview with Joshua Williamson. Uh, it was a lot of fun to record. I was uh, a little nervous. Uh, I'll admit it. I don't know about you. I was a little nervous. <laughs> a little bit at first, yeah. I mean, when you first start the call, I mean, we started talking to Joshua before we even started recording here. So when we first got into that call, he actually just started showing off his collection again, which is what he did <laughs> <Yeah>. last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. last time he was like showing off like his Flash 123. This time he showed off like all his books and statues. And I was like, I kind of just want to take a tour of his house. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so cool. It's so interesting how many things he owns like he he lives in a comic shop basically basically it's it's so cool but yeah uh so uh yeah it was it was a a lot of fun um 
So if you are new to a hero story because of this episode, welcome. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at, at a hero story, which is our kind of indie comic page uh, where we'll be posting stuff about our comics as long as well as along with the podcast, of course. Yeah. Uh, you can find us individually on Instagram. I'm history the, at history of the flash. He's at comic book hunter. And uh, yeah, so th- thanks for listening. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, we really appreciate a five star review. It uh, helps with the rankings, and uh, yeah, it's just really cool. Um, if you're listening anywhere else, we appreciate a follow slash, slash subscribe. We talk especially about comp YouTube. every week. Yes, yeah, especially right. if you're on YouTube right now, uh, we are new there. So yeah, maybe give us a check check us out a little bit. Give us some likes and stuff. Check us out on Instagram and all that. And uh, yeah, uh, for Hero Story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. What? So yeah, if you want to skip ahead to any stories that we have with them, please look at the timestamps below and make your way there.